Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hello there. Thanks for joining us today on the Victor Mark Show. Melanie McDaniel joins us on this episode. She's a Christian homeschooling mom who has, get this, adopted four beautiful children after becoming an empty nester. Let's jump into the program now on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. Melanie, thank you for being with us today. And, uh, you're in Florida, yeah? I am, and the weather's so great. I'm sorry to the rest of America. <laughs> we have all the sunshine down here right now. I, I think so. As I'm looking at my window and I see snow, snow-covered trees, and uh, I just got out of the pool. I did some laps today, covered with snow everywhere, and uh, so thank God for Florida. Right, right. The The counterbalance. Well, listen, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, I know you're married. And uh, tell us about your children. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yes, I'm married. Uh, my husband and I have been married for 15 years. And nice. um, prior to that, um, I had two daughters. So, I came into the marriage with two daughters. He came into the marriage with a son. And um, we just... So blended family. <laughs> blended family. We just sort of existed that way for many years. It was fantastic. And... Mm peaceful and wonderful and all the things. And um, then we, after all the children were out of the house, pretty much my 22 year old, she's 22 now, my youngest daughter, she was on her way to college and we were presented with an opportunity. I will say it that way (laughs) to adopt four children. And so we were headed into our empty nest years and, and we went for it. My goodness. So now, now we have not... a total of seven children, ranging in age from 20. Let's see. Jonathan is actually 30. So 30 down to eight. Oh, my goodness. Um, when you came into your marriage with Ray, were you married before? Were you a single mom? How was that? I was. I was. And let me give you a little backstory really quick. And all of these things will come together a little more. So um, the reason I... I'm not sure how I fell upon all things possible ministries, Mm. but one of the reasons I identified with it so well is because I grew up with a father who was a Vietnam vet Mm. and suffered from just severe PTSD. And so growing up, I grew up in a very hard, violent environment. Though my dad never physically Mm. hit me, he hit, (laughs) he abused everyone around him. He shot at me. You know, so he wouldn't hit me, but he would shoot at me. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it was it was a pretty wild childhood. So some of the things that you know you talk about through all things possible, and um, you know, just even with your story, I just identify with that so well. Um, so I grew up in that environment, and so I found myself in my early teens. Um, I had to leave home. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I was, I was nineteen. I was pregnant. And I, I chose to keep my child, but Thank when, you. yes. And in the midst of that, I was not obviously not raised in a Christian home, but at 19, um, 
I was born again. Jesus met me on my bed as I was crying out to him because I just did not want for my daughter what I had. And I was homeless. I was, I'd actually had to go back to my father's house, which was just toxic. Mm-hmm. And I was desperate and mm-hmm. the Lord just met me there. And, um, you know, I still had a lot. I had no foundation. Um, I, I literally learned how to be a parent and a mother because my mother had abandoned us when we were seven. So I wow. just had my dad. Wow. And so I had no concept of healthy parenting. I learned how to be a mom through focus on the family, which, you know, I love so much that you're a big fan of Dobson and that, you know, goodness, I didn't even know that until a couple of weeks ago when you posted about it. But um, I would listen in the morning at 9 a.m. and then again at night at 9 p.m. on our local radio station. And that's how I learned between the Holy Spirit just guiding me. That's how I learned how to parent and how to be a woman of God and how to walk with the Lord because I needed the practical information that focus on the family provided. And, and I just, you know, it's just so beautiful. I have such fond memories of just, you know, sitting by my radio, listening and just absorbing all of that. And, um, and eventually I I remarried bad decision. I I was still, still just so, I just had so much. And another, another reason I so love your ministry is that I so easily could have been one of the girls that you have to rescue uh, for different reasons because I was vulnerable like that. I was just, I had, you know, very unstable in terms of, you know, financially unstable, just unstable in so many ways. Well, and right now there are so many girls listening to you, young ladies, women, and that's the place they're in right now. And your witness and your testimony is proof positive that if you really call out to God, he will rescue you. He will not forsake you. He'll do things that are supernatural. It was supernatural. And, right? Mm-hmm. It was. It doesn't mean hard times will will be vanquished, but he will provide opportunity for growth, discipleship, just like with Dr. Dobson. And now Dr. Dobson, you know, for a decade has been doing family talk, and we've been on his broadcast so many times. And for those of you who don't know, I actually worked for Dr. Dobson when he was at Focus on the Family. And he went from being a, a boss to a mentor to a friend. And we actually had him and Shirley out here at the Leadership Training Center uh, shooting because we have a range. And we taught her, my wife taught her how to shoot a pistol, and we got our pistol. It was really, really fun. But uh, for those of you going, wow, Melanie, what is that you learned? Just go to Dr. James Dobson Institute. You can Google that or Family Talk, and you'll be able to find a ton of resources. Or just contact us here uh, at the ministry of victorworks.com. We'll make sure you get the links and the resources you need as a single mom uh, to or a mom who just needs help parenting. Yeah. So you're talking about real life, and there's so many listening that can relate. But yet, you're living proof that you know, you don't have to be a statistic, even though when we make decisions that aren't necessarily in our best interest, God redeems them. Would you say that? Absolutely. Because it's true that we don't know what we don't know. And yeah. I was wholeheartedly pursuing the Lord, but I didn't have the proper mentorship and just some things that you really need. I didn't have a support system around me much, to be honest with you. And so... Right. um 
so yeah, I made some, some bad decisions and I ended up after my first husband and I divorced, we, we had a daughter together. So I ended up divorced again. So I found or not again, but oh my goodness. Single mom again, number two. Single mom again. Yep. I, I mean, I was, I was engaged to be married to um, my first daughter's dad, he left when I got pregnant. And that's how I ended up abandoned <laughs> the first time around. Second Jeez. time, I chose to leave because it was a, a very dangerous relationship. And I have to walk that carefully because he yeah. has changed significantly. Right. He but knew during the, Lord, the time, yeah, during the during time, the time, I had to leave for my daughter's sake. So, Does it, t- does it take a lot of courage to leave a relationship like that? Oh, absolutely. And to be honest with you, I was so angry with God when, when I finally did, I I blamed him. You know, I just, I didn't understand why he did not save my marriage. And looking back, I see that it it was not him. It was just the consequences of my decisions. You know, I was just too immature in my faith at the time to know, you know, but you, you, you just learn. And we typically have to blame somebody or something. (laughs) And again, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, there's tons of people that get that and understand it. You know, one of the things I tell folks is, especially when it comes time for abuse or injustice, uh, and they're blaming God, I say, you know, God, he didn't cause that to happen. Uh-huh. He allowed it through people's free will of choice. But what's amazing, he has the ability, the supernatural ability to redeem it. Right. And he certainly has in you. Now, he brings you what you would consider and what we would see as the standard of a godly man, a husband, who's a gentleman, who's a warrior, a provider and protector. And that's what women should hold out for and expect, right? And not not compromise. I always tell young ladies when I speak, I go, don't settle for liver, go for the steak, the filet mignon, because God does have it out there for you. What would you tell them when they're lonely? So I would say that don't make big decisions when you're desperate. Bingo. And I think that's that's the key. And that's we know so we know when we're desperate. We yeah. we know when we're trying to force something to happen. You know, just don't force it. Don't make big decisions when you're desperate. And um who you who you tie yourself to in marriage, that's you know, one of your very biggest decisions of your life. And um, it's it's worth it's worth the wait. I found myself single again. I think I was probably 25, 25 divorced, two children, um, just completely devastated that my life, I felt like because I had given my life to Jesus, I truly did think that everything was going to change overnight. But I, I had to sit with my with the consequences for a little while, yeah. sitting with those consequences with the Lord not by myself, but I sat with him in it. Oh, that's good. It, it taught me things that I never would have learned otherwise. Mm. And I look back at that time now and um, it just it, so much wisdom came out of it. And, um, and wisdom is really what we need above so many things. We just, we just don't know it and it's hard to get it. So it's, you know, school of hard knocks sometimes. So, right. so yeah. So by the time I was 27, I wasn't looking, um, you know, I'd, I'd become financially stable. The Lord had shown me favor in so many ways. So uh, life was good at 27. And then I meet my husband and we actually dated 
three years long distance. I, I was not in a hurry to remarry. Um, he had also been divorced. He was not in a, in a hurry to be remarried. We were both angry with the Lord because mm-hmm. we both knew him. Then, you know, life happened and we were angry with him because things didn't turn out the way we thought they should. And we had walked away from him. So neither one of us were, to be honest with you, walking with him at the time. Right. But as like once we realized what we had between the two of us, it really pushed us closer to the Lord um, mm. because we just couldn't believe that God had restored restored what had been lost. We, we were just in such disbelief that we'd found each other, that we, we just knew it had to be the Lord. And so, and so that's, and I think that's one of the reasons why our marriage has been pretty smooth because we, um, we did go through such hard times and we, we know what it's like to be, to go through a divorce and just all the hard things of a marriage where maybe the other spouse is not all in. And, um, so it makes you appreciate the person, you know, that, that God gives you a little better. So, you know, what I hear you saying is appreciate what you have when you know it's the Lord, right? See, see it. Uh, but then also be patient in love and don't give up. If you're single right now, uh, if you're, you know, you've gone through a divorce, you know, you're not second fiddle. You're not used. You're not damaged. You're a gift. You're beautiful. God has something for you. Trust him. Let him hold your heart. Let him redeem and restore. I love that word restore. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll fast forward because this is really uh, one of the things that so engaged me in Instagram with you one night as I'm scrolling through our accounts and looking at messages and whatnot. And we actually, I think last month, we had 52 million impressions on our social media. Sometimes we get up to 10,000 comments a day. But yet the team that I have in ministry working with me I'm still all involved. Me and my wife are still involved. And I came across your video and you were, I I love how you started it. You're in your car with your video and you go, okay, I normally don't even do this, but I'm going to try. And you did one video and then you did a second one because like time ran out. You're like, okay, I need to finish this. And it just, I was like, look at the genuineness of this, which we love real genuine believers, right? But really, really, Melanie, what, what caught me as I looked at your Instagram account and saw your marriage and your commitment to Christ, y'all actually adopted four children from the inner city mm-hmm. as empty nesters. We did. That is not normal. That's insane, even in the Christian church. But yet, we've been working with troubled kids, incarcerated kids, abused kids for two decades. And we tell the church that is the only answer. Mm -hmm. That is the only answer to this widespread problem of of losing our children, right, Right. Uh, into the system. And the system is broken because it's not God-ordained. And it really requires courageous, selfless Christians to step in that gap when they hear the Lord and understand this is going to change our life. This won't be easy. This isn't, you know, movie material. This can get really rough. But if God calls you to it, he'll empower you and give you the grace to do it. 
So tell us about that. How did that happen? Well, I can tell you it definitely was not part of the plan. Yes. (laughs) I had been a mom since I was 20. And I was so looking forward to my girls going off to college. You know, I love them. We have a great relationship. But, you know, we we had plans. Yes. We had been traveling to all these different countries, just things that we finally had the freedom to do. And um, when my youngest daughter was about ready to go off to college, I just had this bright idea. I was like, I'm only 41 or 42, whatever I was. And I said, I still have a lot to give back. Let me, while Allie is finishing up her senior year, let me volunteer for Big Brothers Big Sisters mentoring program just for the next year or so and give back to the community, right? And then at the same time, I had heard that there were kids in the inner city who were starving with food in their pantry because they didn't know how to use a can opener. And that disturbed me. And so I'm just a firm believer, you know, I told you a little bit about how I grew up, you know, um, it was hard. It was so hard. We did not have people from the community stepping in, not because they weren't willing to, but because my dad wouldn't let them, but we needed help. Our family needed help as children. So I always try to just be available and notice. And one of the things I love about your ministry is that, um, your motto is, let me see if I get this right. Identify, interrupt and restore. Yes. And um, that resonated with me when I found all things possible because I'm just Mm. like, yes, yes, yes. Like this is the answer. So my plan while I was volunteering was just to kind of do these two things simultaneously. I started a little ministry where I went into the inner city at this one particular community center and I would teach middle school girls basic um, cooking and kitchen skills. Wow. Life skills. So just, yeah, the basics. I mean, just thinking about, you know, a little girl not knowing how to use can openers. And they did not. When when I took the can opener in there, you know, I, I just bought a bunch at the dollar store, took them in. These girls had no idea what they were doing. Oh, and they amazing. were 12 years old. Amazing. Um, so my little sister that I was paired with, her name was Genesis. She was 10. She was wild. I won't get into all the details of how she's wild because she really wants to listen to the show. <laughs> Hello, but, Genesis. Um, Genesis is wonderful, but Genesis was, um, extremely high risk. Yeah. And, um, she, her family had gang ties. Um, she was extremely disruptive in school. She was failing, Um, When she was even there, you know, it was um, she was showing up with bruises and cuts and um, lots of things. So they paired me with Jen and um, she just the way the Lord does it. She happened to live across the street. You could almost see her building in the projects from um, the community center where um, he placed me to teach the classes. So I would drive Genesis and her siblings home each day after school from the community center. Mm. And it would give me the opportunity to get to know mom who would not, she was not involved in the school. She was very secretive and quiet. And um, I think she liked having the relief of me, Mm. you know, maybe taking the kids to lunch once a week or something like that. And eventually we, she became more and more dependent on me and she let me take them to doctor's appointments and, and different things like that, things that they just needed, just some of the basics. And um, that relationship continued for about a year to a year and a half. And, um, which is a long time in that environment. It was a long, people don't understand how, how long that is. Yeah. I mean, the situations, 
Oh, I mean, just the things that we went through. I will just share one thing to give you, give you an idea of what, what it was like. Mom went missing with the kids for about 25 days, but she left Genesis with me. And Genesis was maybe 11 or 12 at the time. And Genesis was very worried about her siblings and her mom. No one knew where she was. No one in her family. I would, you know, I just checked with, you know, the ones that I knew. So I got involved. I just started asking questions of people at the school. And eventually we found a teacher that was also involved in the inner city. And um, the my children are Puerto Rican. Their mom was Puerto Rican. And so involved in the Hispanic community. And I was able to track mom down. It turns out that she was being trafficked. Oh my. She was staying in a home. The police, they just were not doing anything. They just were not taking it seriously. And so I just went myself, and I don't recommend this. I went with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And normally, because I'm licensed to carry, I grew up with guns, so I'm and I'm Southern. It's not a big deal for me. <laughs> that particular day, I chose to leave it at home and take yep. the Holy Spirit alone. And I went, yep. I went toe-to-toe with a trafficker. I went inside the home. It was horrific. Just you walk in the front door and you're greeted with a bed just a big bed, um, curtains that the woman who, who was trafficking the mom, she was brushing, she was hiding herself behind a veil through a doorway, brushing this girl's hair just slowly. It was like something in a movie. It was a crucifix on the wall. I mean, it it was, it was evil. It was straight evil, just beds everywhere. It was horrific. Mom comes downstairs. And I think the only reason this woman let me in is because she saw this, this very white blonde woman roll up in her white Range Rover. And she was probably thinking this woman has to be out of her mind. And she, there's some, let's find out what bad, she's on. Something's <laughs> bad wrong here. If she's got the audacity to knock on my door and tell me that she's taking someone. One of my from girls. Me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, and I did, the mom was very reluctant to tell me what was going on when I got there and I come across as Pollyanna sweet. And those videos that you saw, I came, I came across as very Pollyanna sweet. And I told my husband, I said, that was the Holy Spirit. Because, and I, I can be, but. Oh, I you am, got grit. Well, you I'm got... fierce when it comes to, it, when it comes to, when it comes to my God. And, yes. and, and what, what he wants to accomplish and suffering people. That is not his intention. And if he wants to use me, then. I will take all of the hard lessons that I learned early, early in my life, and I will go with that confidence, that confidence in him and, and that fearlessness that I had to grow into living with my dad. You know, when you grow that way, you just, you know, there are just things that just do not, they can roll off your back because it's like, oh, been there, done that. That's no big deal. So right. honestly, it didn't, it doesn't scare me to go into the projects because where I grew up, it was worse probably. Well, and, you know what? Right there. I want us to pause because we're running out of time. Can you stay with us and do another episode right now? I, I can. Yes. This is so good. For those of you listening and watching, you see the grit behind the soul of this woman who is filled with God's spirit doing what most Christians, uh, especially in the women's ministry, would absolutely freak out about. Yes. And yet, this is what God really is calling us to do in whatever lane that you're called to go into, but making a difference the way God is leading us matters. So we're going to pick up tomorrow. We want to hear the rest of this story of 
you entering into this den of iniquity, the belly of the beast, to get the mother of the children that you've been watching out. So join us tomorrow, you guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.